Hello, and welcome to Type 2 Take 2, your diabetes and health-centered podcast. I'm Danielle Vallette, your ketogenic integrative health practitioner. You may know me best as the diabetic who reversed her diabetes through eating a ketogenic lifestyle and then went on to help others to do the same, as well as lose 30 pounds, 20 pounds, adjust their blood sugar levels. Yeah, we did that. Well, here on the show, we are doing our best to stick our noses where they don't belong so that way we can get to the answer of why our health is so confusing and then get it cleaned up and move on. (laughs) If that is something that you are interested in, then you are in the right place as we dig deeper We pull back the layers of the onion and we get to the real reason of why, as opposed to throwing medication on it. Thank you so much for joining me here at Type 2 Take 2 and kick back, relax, and join the ride. Hey, 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 everybody. Welcome to Type 2 Take 2, your diabetes and health-centered podcast. I'm Danielle, your ketogenic integrative health practitioner, and today we are stepping on number two, episode 48, True Confessions of a Diabetic. I'm not perfect, part two. Stick along, stay along, hang along, stick around. Welcome, 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 everyone, and I'm so glad that you joined me today on this episode of I'm Not Perfect, True Confessions of a Diabetic. Of course, you know, or at least I think you know, that I reversed my type 2 diabetes symptoms, clusters, problems by eating a ketogenic food plan. Really, that's what I did. Um, but that doesn't mean that it I was perfect all the way through. I had eight years, eight years, possibly nine, if <laughs> of being diagnosed, diagnosed, right? Because remember, if you have been diagnosed diabetic, then you were diabetic years before the doctor told you that you were clinically diagnosed diabetic. <laughs> Just to let you know, just to let you know, your cells were already trending down the line of diabetes. But wait, what about the chit-chat? All right, let's bring it back. Let's bring it back, okay? So, chit-chat. I drank a cup of coffee, as you all may remember or know or have shut out of your memories. I cut coffee out of my, caffeinated coffee out of my diet. Why? Because when I was going through the COVID, um, yeah, going through the COVID, it's like going through the Facebook or getting on the Instagram. (laughs) How old am I? Um, When I was going through COVID, I had a point where coffee was not on my agenda at all. And I broke the cycle of caffeination... um, of caffeination for sloughing. Oh, what's the word? Addiction. I broke the I broke it. And that without um without having the headaches, without having the lethargy, without having the grumpies, all of the things. So I said, well, because I've been trying to break my habit, you know, but every time I every time I attempt it, I get all of those things and more. 
And then, you know, I, yeah, I get all of those things and more. All of those things I just mentioned and more. I get grumpy. I get a headache for days. I mean, days. My <laughs> days. Um, and it's not cool, man. It's not cool. But since COVID, my body went through the purge. <laughs> and it kicked I kicked di- uh, no, I kicked diabetes. I did. I kicked diabetes. I kicked the caffeine habit without trying, and without the um, the withdrawal symptoms. If you've ever tried to kick caffeine, coffee, without getting rid of the withdrawal symptoms, or if you ever. <laughs> you can't get rid of them. I mean, you could do it slowly by drinking coffee, uh, you know, minimizing. Here's a way to do it. The easy, I guess the easy way or the non-cold um, turkey way. You have your, if you're a five-cup drinker, which I have to admit, I was. Because working at people's houses, you know, I would have a coffee break. And every time, they would offer me coffee. So let's think about that for a second. One time on Facebook, I saw... A, a a questionnaire or something. How often do you drink coffee? And I'm like, well, on what day? <laughs> like, how how much coffee do you drink in a such and such? And I was just like so appalled when I did the math. But, um, okay. So every house that I went to, I would work at at least two houses, at least at least two houses, and I would also have my morning coffee at home. So I'd have a big mug of coffee, which would equivalent to two, uh, about 16 ounces. Um, yeah, because I would have like a, at least, at least, oh, come on. I mean, we're talking big American mug, uh, coffee mugs, you know, I'm not talking the Italiano or, you know, even the Dutch sized coffee mugs. We're talking big mugs. Um, and if it wasn't, I mean, I, I even did it by equivalence. So if it wasn't enough, if enough couldn't fit into the mug, I would get a second mug, okay? So there's that, and so I would have at least two cups while I was at home, at least at the beginning, at some some places I would get two cups of coffee, some places I would get one cup of coffee, so there's six cups of coffee, and then I would come home, and then we would eat dinner, and then we have coffee, we would have coffee, because that's the European way, um, and so two, four, six, eight... At least eight cups of coffee in one day. And that's just for two houses. If I had three houses, each of them offered me coffee. <laughs> Can you? Oh, that's crazy, right? And so I worked Monday through Saturday. Monday through Saturday. With each house giving me coffee. Saturdays, I worked one one house or two houses. It depended. But Saturdays, I said, let's break this up. Let's drink some caffeinated tea <laughs> instead. Because I thought I was doing myself a favor. Um, but I wasn't. Because caffeine is caffeine is caffeine is caffeine. And sometimes the caffeine in tea is stronger than the caffeine in coffee. What? Oh, look. Absolutely. That's so... That's the honest goodness truth. You can look it up. Um... <clears throat> So, yeah, so at least eight cups of coffee a day for f- uh, five days a week. And that's the minimal, right? Five days a week. So, <laughs> so that's 40 cups of coffee within a week. And that's if I didn't get like a secondary or a third cup while I was at home. 
Yeah, man. Like, seriously, hardcore. So, caffeine. Why why, why are we digging so deep or chit-chatting so long about caffeine and coffee? Because yesterday, I had a cup of coffee with one of the elderlies. And it was really, it was nice to have a cup. I said, oh, okay, I'll have a cup of coffee with her, you know. And I, I don't know what I was thinking. I have no clue what I was thinking. I drank that mug of coffee. It was a, it was a, a, a moderate-sized mug, I would say. Um, I don't know how many milliliters it hold. It's like a regular cup. It wasn't like a cappuccino mug. And it wasn't like, ah, oh, it wasn't even like a Dutch mug, I would say. There is small, small mugs for coffee. That wasn't it. Any case... I um I drink that mug of coffee and I would almost say instantaneously I felt jumpy and jittery and everything else. Now you you might say, well, did you have breakfast? Because you all know, I'm sure, because I talk about this all the time, or I did at least. Um I try not to beat a dead horse that it you should not drink coffee on an empty stomach because then your it affects your adrenaline it affects your adrenals and it shocks them it's like it, it shocks them into overdrive into going and putting you in a fight or flight uh response and so if you're feeling fight or flighty what it could happen this is just like a hey look guys this is a side excerpt this is not even part of the health but look it's we're going on eight minutes so i might as well just bring it in um <laughs> um so when you Especially as a, a type 2 diabetic, you may know what this feels like. Or someone with dysregulated blood sugar, you may know what this feels like. You you drink your coffee. And I did. I did eat something prior to having the coffee. But it didn't matter. Um, because it wasn't sufficient in fact. So it did not absorb or blunt the... Or protein, for that matter. I mean, it, the protein was there, but the fat wasn't there. So it did not blunt the effects of the of the coffee. Um, of the caffeine. So I was adrenaline ridden and I was shaky all over and it felt like my blood sugar had dropped. Have you guys ever felt like that? As as if your blood sugar has dropped and you're just like, oh my gosh, what's going on? Uh, I'm shaking from the inside. And you can feel yourself shaking on the inside. And maybe you don't, maybe you don't visibly see yourself. And sometimes you do, but sometimes you don't, but you feel it, and you're just like, oh my gosh, I'm going to crash, you know? And so, of course, not only did the caffeine um, shock your system, but if you ate on, if you had the coffee on an empty stomach, or a not so, not not well-coated stomach, then you're also dealing with not having the protective layers of the other foods to, to softly give you that caffeine high if that's what you're looking for instead you're you're still you feel like somebody whose blood sugar just dropped (laughs) at least i do and this is not the first time um so as a person who has kicked caffeine and then taking it in all of a sudden it uh it felt like such a, a I felt like my blood sugar had dropped. I mean, if I had checked my blood sugar, because I didn't have my... I always... I have my um, my glucose meter. I'm out of strips right now, but normally I check my blood sugar often because I like to know what's going on with my body. It doesn't have... You don't have to be a type 2 diabetic or have the clusters of type 2 diabetes to check your blood sugar all the time. It's just about being responsible about what food is doing to you. That's all. So... um. I wanted to, I, I, I could have, and I'm pretty sure it would have been like super low or it was just the adrenaline punch 
that brought it super high. But when the adrenaline goes super high, adrenaline is connected and is norepinephrine cortisol. Okay, so now you're <laughs> so now your cortisol is high. And what do we know about cortisol, kids? <laughs> when cortisol is high, your body releases gluco uh, glucocorticoids to calm the cortisol, right? Gluco glucose corticoids cortico the cortisol uh, hormone. It releases it to calm the body. After it real, it may or may not realize that you're in a fight or that you are actually going to have to fight someone off or you know kick that pit bull in the face that's trying to eat you, whatever the case is. But it releases that, and so the blood sugar goes up, and then there's no reason for the blood sugar to go up, and so the insulin comes into play, and the insulin drops right back down. <laughs> so you are in an un unsatisfactory un unhappy roller coaster and did you know that when your body does all these things it kicks up the ghrelin hormone and when you kick up the ghrelin hormone ghrelin i like the way jimmy moore says it. he says ghrelin it's like the gremlin this is like the best way for me to remember i thought it was funny i mean i've studied right but ghrelin and gremlin that was it the ghrelin hormone is the hunger hormone so it kicks your horm- hunger hormone into gear and then you're like ah i need to eat something because your blood sugar just dropped right you're like i need to eat something ah help 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 so then you start grabbing at anything and everything can i tell you that this roller coaster lasted from ah uh, what is it nine what did i start with her nine a.m to four to p.m. That roller coaster lasted from 9 a.m. to 3.30 p.m. Isn't that nuts? There's some chit-chat for you. Oh, no, babe. Again? Uh, I, I, I... You know... I couldn't help it. I know, but they can't help it looking at me. Oh, I don't. I don't know what to do. It's all the time. <laughs> it's always all the time. <laughs> it's kind of frustrating because I mean, I can, I can, I don't mind, but they're looking at me. I know, I know. Just don't move. Yeah, don't move. Yeah, don't move. If you move, then it's gonna. The air is gonna be shifting. It's gonna go everywhere. Yeah, but you're moving because you think you gotta stay with me, and you're moving away from me. <laughs> Just stay with me. Hey guys, having a problem with your gas? Are you passing gas, sometimes unexpectedly, sometimes very rancidly, in public places, at home, in the private, or in public? Are you downing much, much, much Beano in the hopes of getting rid of that problem? Are you taking indigestives? It's not the way. It's not your gassy, it's not your vegetables. There's something going on with your gut. And there's only one thing we can do about it. It's fix it. Schedule a free health assessment, a discovery call, so that way we can figure out what's going on and get you right back on track. Babe! Hi, moving. Oh! Okay, and for update number two, directly for my type two take two peeps. I and for those who don't 
<laughs> Update number two is that I have decided to rearrange, to recreate or reimagine how the podcast is being broadcast. Um, and so I have some things up my sleeve. I have some exciting uh, information. Uh, just a different way of of bringing you the podcast. And I'm really excited about it because I just feel like it's going to give you more information and it's going to help you uh, better, like from top to bottom, left to right. You know, um, I think that would be really cool. And I'm really excited about that. So you're going to have to stay tuned. Um, I'm really, uh, yeah, I am. I'm really excited about it. Things just come to me, you know, and... A lot of times I'm very impulsive, but there are other things like I have a lot of, for example, things to talk about, lots of topics, but I don't speak on all of them all the time because I want to do research or I want to, um, you know, I want to feel it out, make sure that it's actually a right fit for what we we talk about here on Type 2 Take 2. And, uh, but this, this is a non-negotiable at this point. I think it's so exciting because we are really going to, I I can give you this, I can give you this. I, we are really going to bring it home how being healthy does not pursuing health does not have to be a rich man's sport, and that's the only uh, teaser I'm gonna give. But I'm so excited about it. Like, so it, it's gonna start next week because we want to finish out this uh, this episode here with the um, with the true confessions, and then it's gonna start next week. But as far as true confessions go, um, you can go onto the website. And download and print the uh, the information about how coffee, what coffee does to the body, and so that remember I told you I was going to start uh, creating printables about a summary, and it and it'll be different depending on what I think. Like for example, the true confessions is probably I don't know how how that. Oops, dropped something. I don't know how that would help in uh, your everyday life uh, as far as takeaways in uh, being able to utilize the information. However, that coffee, oh yeah, this is something you should know. And this is something I'm definitely going to make available for you all to print out. And maybe there'll be some graphics because I'm just feeling a little extra. And just, just these things. But these things will be coming your way. Every week now, where you, there's always something to download and print, some takeaways. So, I'm excited about that, and I hope you are too, because this is a, I want to say a new era, <laughs> but I feel like <laughs> that's probably not it. But I am excited about what um, what the upcoming podcasts are going to look and sound like, and I hope you are too. You'll be able to download and print the takeaways from the uh from ehinwacoach.com forward slash podcasts. And um, the podcast is already connected or embedded to Ehinwa Coach, but it always only shows the the current podcast. So it'll be available for a week. Yeah, perhaps, perhaps not. I will make those available anyway, or there'll be links involved and connected to the uh, episode uh, 48. But all of that to say, I am so excited, y'all. This is gonna be like really cool, and I really hope that you enjoy this new, um, this new face of Type Two Take Two. Hey, 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 hey! Not my face of Type Two Take Two.
Alright, setbacks. Let's talk setbacks, folks. Hoo-hoo-hoo, setbacks. Let me see here. As a person who has professed to not be perfect, I would have to say that I have probably had more setbacks during the um during the resurrection uh holiday than normal because we were given some delicious pas brot. <laughs> and pas pas p a a s that is resur I say resurrection day. I know people say Easter, but it doesn't translate directly to Easter although 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 you can make the argument that it's synonymous. Okay, so pas brot, Easter bread, which is almost the same, I would say, as kersbrot. <laughs> it's like the same thing. It's a loaf of, it's a loaf of bread that, um, a beautiful loaf of bread that has raisins and cinnamon uh, in it, and then a mandel spice in the middle of it. So what they have is they have ground up almonds. I guess you can call it marzipan. Yeah, marzipan. They have a bit of marzipan in the middle of the... Oh, that's probably the Dutch way of saying it. Marzipan. Marzipan? 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 <laughs> I don't know. They have ground-up almond and sugar and spice and all the things not nice for the for the lichaam, for the body, rolled up into a beautiful um, loaf of bread that you slice and then if you're like me, you eat the slice of bread and then you eat the glop of amandel spice before a 16-year-old tells you you're doing it wrong. And then she educates your whole family on how to eat. The <laughs> you scrape the middle out and then you spread it over the rest of the loaf. Or at least that's what we were educated on. And you know what? I like that a lot better because before then, I was just scraping that mess out and throwing it away like a chump or a champ. It's all sugar, guys. It's sugar and ground almonds and spice and I don't know, some maybe some kind of fat. I don't know what kind of fat they've got in there. I'm pretty sure it's not uh it's not omega three approved. Whew talk about inflammation. So that's the setback. I mean that's not the only setback, but I mean I we didn't anticipate having that. It was a gift to us. And just because you're gifted with death doesn't mean you have to take it. But we did and <laughs> And and we ate it all, and at the time we enjoyed it. Um, I say no food guilt, and I mean that when it comes to your uh, when you're going on a health journey and you're trying to do things. But once you know and you're ready and you have your goals in mind and you're just like ah, this is not what I want to do. It does kind of you know put a damper on your fire, but that doesn't mean you can't rise back up and fan the flame again. I mean, just keep going, right? Oh, it sounds like motivation and encouragement. Wait a minute, it's supposed to be a setback. <laughs> um, so. The setback was is that that wasn't the only by the way otherwise it would be nothing I wouldn't even mention it but there were we we were also gifted with three loaves of gluten grain bread grain grain gluten bread the fact about grain is that it is high in inflammation grains are inflammatory to the body especially with all the pesticides that they spray on it and the monocropping that they do and also the genetically modified wheat that we now have as opposed to what was available uh like manna <laughs> we despise this light bread um but but 
that is that is why that's why i even though because like i said i'm not perfect i'm so glad to say i'm so glad i can like say that i am not perfect if you can follow an 80 20 rule in your life you know get 80 percent of your diet right and 20 percent perhaps not go so hard um it doesn't mean that your diet is not as important or your health is not as important in the 20%, but it gives your body a time to, or your mind, not your body, your mind. It gives your mind a time to recharge and remember that it's not being quote unquote restricted. Though sometimes you need to restrict what you're eating because it, um, if you want to see goals, if you want to see your goals accomplished, then sometimes you have to do hard things, which means leaving the bread alone. So, setback. <laughs> inflammation. That is my setback. What? Inflammation. I am inflamed. But, thank goodness for my Zenzino <sighs> Omega-3 Balance Oil. That I'm going to be guzzling. Well, not guzzling. I'm going to take my appropriate amount to help me get back in flame. I'm going to cut the inflammatory things from my dishes, foods, and whatever. And get myself back on track. So, that is the setback. Motivation and encouragement. Motivation and encouragement. I want to encourage you all to start your day in positivity. Because where you start your day is most likely, if you are not careful, how you are going to end your day. Case in point, the coffee conundrum. I started my day not eating enough fat. And then I had coffee. And the protein that I had was not enough for to deal with the coffee. <laughs> This is this is just a case in point. This is an example, but you can apply this to everything. When I did not do what I needed to do at the very beginning, coating my gut, coating your mind, you know what I'm saying? With the good things to protect myself, to satiate myself, to make my body happy. To help it to go forward, to strengthen it, to give it the nutrients that it needed. Then I found myself in a full <clears throat> a full day's roller coaster of ups up and down swing of events. The upswing and a downswing of emotional turmoil. Upswing and downswing. Uh, because it connects to my emotions too, you know. Your 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 gut does connect to your emotions. Your gut is your second brain, anyway. But what you apply, what you start yourself off doing, is what's going to determine the day. And you know, I learned this when I was in Bible school. When I was in Bible school, when I was in Bible college, um, and even before then, because I have really great teachers, you know. I had really great teachers in my church. And they always taught, if you don't make God the priority in your life, if you don't start your day off with the Lord, then the day will go by and possibly, you know, you'll think about him. Possibly you won't. Things are going to come up and they're going to distract you. They will disappoint you. They will make you um, 
they will cause you or you will not react properly to them because you were not uh, prayed up, you know, <laughs> and ready. And, 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 you know, those things are important. So if you are not prayed up and ready, or if you don't line your gut, or if you don't start your day off in positivity at the very beginning, that may mean not picking up your phone and looking at Facebook, Instagram, whatever the things, whatever your triggers are. That may mean not looking at those, but actually just going to a positive place, space in your mind or in or in a in a actual room. Sometimes your positive space is only in your mind because that's the only positive place that you can be without people interrupting you. Ah, yeah, I know, I know, I know. People can interrupt you while you're thinking too. But maybe that's the only place you have, you know, maybe that your your house is full with rambunctious people, children, husbands, daughters, brothers, sisters, whatever, what have you, whatever, whatever that is. Start your day off with positivity, it, even if it means hiding into hiding in a corner in your in your brain just for a moment. Breathe in. Breathe out. Go to a place of positivity, whatever that is. I like to start my day off with a daily bread, with our daily bread. It's awesome. I get it by podcast form, so that way I can listen to it. And usually uh, Renee listens listens to it with me if he's awake. And then we'll pray afterwards. But starting your day off with positivity will lead to a higher chance of you continuing your day without feeling completely defunct or de- or or defective I'll tell you I have I think I've told you before I have three reminders on my phone so that way when the day goes draws further out and life happens or you hear the bad news about this that or the other I have a reminder that tells me it's going to be okay. Think on the good things. Does that mean that I, I I just ignore reality? No. Reality is reality. Reality is going to be there regardless. But what will change is my mindset and my heart set when I am going through those things. But if I don't start my day off first, feeding, fueling myself with the positive things, then... I'm already depleted by the time I get over to the other side of rest. I'll already be depleted by the time I get to the other side of rest if I don't fill myself up with the positive things. So whatever that is for you, because believe me, I'm not I'm not the only one. <laughs> whatever that is for you, if you have a habit of, you know, finishing the day off feeling negative or if you have a habit of drifting into a downward slope of negativity, Maybe you should set a reminder to be positive. Something that you're actually going to read and listen to. And even after a while, if you get used to it and you don't read it or listen to it anymore, then at least you will know what that chime, ring, bell, ding, kung fu fighting means, you know? (laughs) You know, it's just, it's it's that. I want to encourage you to fill yourself up at the beginning of the day, before anyone has had time to interrupt, before the devil has time to feed you negative thoughts, 
before your family has time to disrespect or cause you to be in a panic because they forgot this or that and just fill yourself up with that positivity because you know the more you fill yourself up with that positivity the more you can take some out and apply it to those wounds that you that hit you through the day the more you apply and fill yourself up with positivity at the beginning of the day the more you can take a bit out like a solve like a balm and apply it to those wounds because we all get wounded throughout the day no matter what a sting here sting there got tripped up oh i feel so stupid all of those things and apply it to those wounds i am not stupid oh they didn't they may have meant that but that but that's not how i'm going to take it they they may have disrespected me but i'm going to go forward the sky is brighter right here right now the sun is shining right now. It may rain in three minutes, but right now it's shining. And if the if the sunshine is not for you, it may be it may, the sun may be shining right now. But don't don't you worry, my beautiful plants. The rain is coming. Fill yourself up with positive things at the beginning of your day. Hey there, Keto Kings and Queens. Are you fussing with your macros and just cannot find the right solution as to why you're not losing weight or why you're not feeling well or why you still have gut problems? Then it's time to look a little bit deeper. As a ketogenic living certified coach, not only will I look into your macros and your protein intake and if it's the proper amount of protein, a whole foods approach to keto, But I will also help you determine if you need more than just keto to get rid of your dysbiosis, your leaky gut, or perhaps there's something more going on like H. pylori or uh, mold. Yes, I can help you with those things. I'm your girl. Check me out. Check out the website. Questions? Of course, schedule a discovery call so that way you can get the answers that you need and perhaps it's not just your diet. Check it out down below. Click on the link so that way you can schedule a discovery call and get the help that you need to maintain or grow out of your keto eating the health segment. Whew. All right. So we're back for part number two. So I crashed dieted like crazy. I did. I crashed dieted like crazy. I said, oh my gosh. Okay. So what does that mean? Me being diabetic? Ah, okay. So first I dropped all of the fat, fat things. Cause of course, if you're fat, if you eat fat, you're going to get fat, right? Yeah. We know better now, but I didn't know that then, and I continuously ate all of the low-fat things. I was going low-calorie, crash dieting. One minute, I was doing just fine, and the next minute, I was like, give me the pizza! Give me the pizza! And I was just so on it. 
And then not medicating. I totally, I was like, I am not going to medicate. I am so beyond medication. I don't need to medicate. I don't need medication. I'm going to heal myself. But I didn't do anything else to heal myself. I just didn't take the medication. So guess what? I was still sick. Yeah, I was still sick. I, oh my gosh, the things that I did. Huh. Okay, so I have this thing about medication. I'm pretty sure you all know this already. Now, I have no problem with medication in general. I have a, a humongous problem with medicating without the without you trying to do anything else about it. You know what I'm saying? Let's just let's be real for a second. Most of us medicate with having having no intention of fixing ourselves, of no intention of Getting better, looking for the root cause, seeing what's actually the problem. Instead, we just turn off the alarm system. So guess what? I turned, We were turning off the alarm system. And I was like, you know what? No, because my body doesn't need all these drugs in my body because my body is healthy. Not really, but it's going to be healthier without that medication. But I was in an acute state of diabetes. I was in a very acute state of uh, of type 2 diabetes symptoms and clusters and whatnot. So my blood sugar was out of control. And yeah, I needed the medication, but you couldn't force me until I was forced, actually. <laughs> Avoiding the doctor. I avoided the doctor like the plague. I was not, not, not going to be going to the office. I had, what is it? Uh, what they call it? Afspraken. Afspraken. I had um <laughs> that the appointments there we go oh my goodness I had appointments with the doctor I didn't I didn't make those appointments I was ashamed I was afraid I was afraid that they were going to tell me that I was doing worse or they were going to put me on more medication so I was not going there and because of that I was ashamed I was ashamed of being in my situation that was one of the reasons that I was not going to the doctor I was ashamed because how could I professing to have loved my temple to professing to to uh to seek out the good things. Now look, I was never perfect. I never looked I was never pursuing health the way I pursue health now. Like now I pursue it doggedly with, you know, a few trip ups here and there. But before it was just like no, no medication. Because my mom was a drug addict. I wasn't gonna get in but okay. You, you see what I'm saying? You see where that's coming from? I didn't realize it though. You know what? I was I was th- it was this year I, not this year, last year, last year, in the last year, November, when I realized that the reason I'm so anti-drug is because I was surrounded by people who were drug addicts, and I just said, not me. And so not only did I say no to the OTCs, the over-the-counters, but I also said no to the prescriptives, and I definitely said no to those who were trying to, you know, be around me, but honestly, they couldn't be around me. They couldn't stand me. I was too much talking about the Bible. They couldn't stand it. So in the middle of all of that, of my not wanting to uh, take medication it was a, there was a, a, a underlying root cause for that but you know what I did I soon this these past few years I've learned that actually I'm glad that at least in that instance I learned from my family members the mistakes of drug addiction and I didn't take them because even on a, a, a prescriptive term even on an over-the-counter term these things wreak havoc on your body and your gut just saying. Anyhow, beating myself up. Oh my word. I beat myself up over it because I said to myself, how could I want to not take drugs, but not take care of myself? 
You know what I'm saying? I was ashamed. I beat myself up like crazy. And and going with that, with beating myself up, I used the Bible. <laughs> I was thumping myself with the Bible. Trying to motivate myself by memorizing verses about the temple and greed. <laughs> I did it all wrong. God, okay, look. We, the, there, there's a time for the rod and there's a time for... <laughs> <laughs> and that wasn't the time. I but I was not I was not mentally there. I was not emotionally there to be able to give myself the grace that I needed to do it properly. Because you know, it still didn't work. Beating myself up, it absolutely did not work. What did it do? It just made me feel worse. And what did I do when I felt worse? I ate more I ate more as as Jimmy Moore would say, crappy garbage. You know, I ate I ate that stuff. And I ate it with a vengeance. Actually, it wasn't a vengeance. It was more like a love-love relationship. Like, the stores loved that I was there and I loved to eat it. But my body didn't feel so good. So, there was that. And then, I was dying. I moved here to the Netherlands. My body started blood. My body started wasting. My muscles started wasting. My body couldn't handle it anymore. Look, I was on a bike. Just like I'm on a bike today, I was on a bike then too, riding myself to this city, going to further cities than other than I now go to to work. But what did I do? I was muscle wasting. Not only was I muscle wasting, folks. But even prior to my hearing about my muscles being wasted, nobody had to tell me. I knew I had at that point, at that point of my diabetic journey, I was actually uh, a graduate of Liberty Liberty Career College. And what is that? It's a career. It's a vocational college for medical assistants. So I learned this stuff. Like, come on. So, I learned the stuff. I knew all about it. I knew what was happening. I saw the breakdown. And if that wasn't enough, I'm pretty sure you guys have heard me tell the tale over and over and over again. I was surrounded by people with diabetes. Surrounded. Was that the reason that I became a diabetic? Yeah, you could probably say yes, epigenetically uh, speaking. Okay, yeah, your surroundings played a part. But actually, I don't like to blame... I don't like to blame other people for decisions I make. Yeah, people can influence, but I, 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 at the end, have the final decision. So, I was surrounded by people with diabetes. I saw the, the long-term effects, the health effects. I saw what it was doing to them. Toes being chopped off, feet being chopped off, kidneys being transplanted and, tra- and replaced. I, I saw all that. And then, my dying, my dying happened prior to my even becoming muscle-wasted, like I said, prior to my moving to the Netherlands, prior, in the middle of my work, doing missions work in in uh, in Monterey County, I found out by my doctor that my diabetes was so bad that my kidneys had already been affected negatively. My kidneys had been affected negatively. We did the test. They said, come on in, da-da-da-da-da. Oh, it's a girl, you know, being fluffy. Sometimes we just have these things and uh, dealing with that. That lady was so nice, but I think she was, she didn't, she didn't understand to give me the full, to explain the full impact of what I was doing wrong. And you know what? It wouldn't have mattered. It wouldn't have mattered because I wasn't ready. I wasn't ready. So I did what I wanted to do. I ate what I wanted to eat. I ate as much as I wanted to eat and out as fast and as as stressed out as I was with work and all of these things, you know, all of the things come into play. But 
it was still affecting me. You know, broken relationships, you know, who got engaged, got broken, <laughs> got broken off, you know, all of these things. Oh, I never really talked about that. Well, there you go. In any case, um, all these things were in play. But do I still, do I, I went to the doctor because I decided I needed to go to the doctor. I said, okay, I guess I got to go to the doctor. I'm getting free health insurance. I better go. You know, I know some of you guys complain about those who don't go to the doctor, even though they're getting free health insurance. And I was one of those who got free health insurance. But believe me, I worked for every penny that I got from the government. (laughs) Believe me. But nonetheless, I went and I got the... I went and I got tested and then they called me back in and they said, okay, let's go over the test, blah, 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 blah. Now we need to tell you, miss at the time, Sumter, your kidneys have been affected by your diabetes. How much? I don't know. Did they give me the labs? No, absolutely not. Would I have been able to read them? No, but you know what? It was a very traumatic and dramatized time when they told me that. And I just wept in the arms of that doctor or physician's assistant whomever she was. It wasn't a medical assistant. It was an actual doctor or physician's assistant. And I just wept in her arms. I wept. I wept. And then you know what? I turned things around. I did not. I did not turn things around. It took me all the way into 2018 to turn things around, folks. Look, 2018, I was in Monterey County. 2015, that's a three-year jump, folks. That's a three-year jump. Can you believe it? So, from Jul- in the in the month of July, eight years eight years prior to now, nine years prior to now, y'all can do the math. <laughs> you know I don't like math. <laughs> I was diagnosed with type two diabetes. The cluster, all of the things. They were scared to death. They put me directly on an IV unit of insulin to bring my blood sugar down, my glucose levels down. They freaked out. They said, do eat this, don't eat that, eat this, don't eat that. And I did part of it sometimes and most of it never. And then... I went through the I went through all of the things. You know, you can hear about the first part of what I did on episode 47 where I started the where I started from the beginning. And then do you know what changed? You know that yes, I always talk about the nurse saying that I was dying. But you know why I actually changed because we're all going to die. And that might sound cavalier or harsh or whatever, but that's just reality of of life. We're all gonna die, and I've always accepted that. I said we're all gonna die, but now my 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 new thing is we're all gonna die, but it depend. But we can determine the quality of our lives, and that still was not in my mind at that point. But you know what was dying and leaving my child alone. Yeah, I was married to Renee at the time, but still, you know, as a as a as a parent. As a parent, you know, you're always thinking, I'm going to leave my child motherless or fatherless or grandpa-less or, well, it's not the child, is it? But, you know, I'm going to leave my family without my, with me-less. I'm going to leave my family me-less. And that's when I decided enough was enough. It wasn't the, it wasn't the nurse. The nurse, oh man, she really spurred me on. She put a fire under my butt. The diet, the dietitian, the diabetes dietitian, nurse, whatever her title is. It wasn't her that absolutely made me do it, even though, oh my gosh, what motivation. I was totally motivated at that point. 
But what made me stick to it was knowing that if I didn't, I would leave my daughter just like my mom left me at age 14 without a mom. And I couldn't hang. Guys, I couldn't hang. That was it. That was it. I finally realized that if I didn't do it for me, I had to do it for my child. I mean, Renee and I, we already promised that we were going to, you know, get healthy together. You know, and that's an up and down promise. Sometimes it's upside down promise, but it's a, the promise is still lingering in the air. But we promised that we were going to get our, we were going to get off of our medications together. That was a that was a matrimonial promise. But what made me leap and stay and do the things that I need to do? And even now, so, but I'm thinking, eh, you know, well, actually, let me take that back because I never want to go back to having the cluster of what we call diabetes, type 2 diabetes. I don't want to ever go back to that. The tingling fingers, tingling arms, tingling, you know, the, the fungus toes, which has, I'm, I'm sure it has something to do with it. The schemmel, you know. I haven't, I haven't checked the science on that. You guys know how I feel about some of that science. But I haven't checked the research on that. But I'm pretty sure that the fungus toes had something to do with my diabetes as well. To just just throw it out there. I'm just throw, throwing it out there, folks. We'll, we'll do some research on it and we'll try to back it up. If not, then it's not backed up. And I'll tell you that too because I don't lie about these kind of things. I don't feel the need to. I have no ego to feed and I'm not so big or important that y'all are thinking, oh, well, let's take her word as Jesus because this, she's the only right way. Uh-uh. The reason why I changed and I stuck to it after everything was said and done was because I finally realized that I'm going to leave my child alone. She has her aunt. Her aunt loves her. She adores her. She has her grandma. Her grandma adores her. Everybody adores her. She's just an adorable kid. But... I was going to leave her alone. And that was something I could not handle. All right, guys. So coming to the end of these confessions, those are all that I I, I actually listed. Well, with the exception of one, I didn't write it down because I didn't understand why I wrote it down. So I didn't rewrite it down to mention to you all. But crash dieting. Not medicating, avoiding the doctor, shaming myself for being in the situation, beating myself up for fail, failing, quote unquote, thumping myself with the word of God, thinking that that was going to be the solution, dying, letting myself die, and then finally parenting. But I have to tell you, just like if you listen to 47, you know that I sat there prior to, and it still like makes me feel so sad now thinking about it, prior to getting my health on track and uh, the the hops and skips and the jumps to different gyms here and there and, you know, creating a trail of, of bad credit along the way, I was still, I fed Olivia like I ate. When I was eating healthy, she was eating healthy. I did my best to keep her healthy anyway. I always said fruits and vegetables are always on the table. Everything else you have to ask. That was always my my rule. You can always have fruits and vegetables, but as far as everything else you have to ask. But even during that time where I said those things, there were times 
I mean, you couldn't, you would not find her with candy. I would not buy her candy. It's funny, the things, I was really trying to save her, trying to save her bad teeth, trying to save her these things and those things and looking at the cost and people would give her candy and I would smack it out of their hands before they reached her fingertips and I would be ticked off. Believe me, I feel it now, just being ticked off, just thinking about it. And because I already told you that this is not the way I'm raising my child, right? I already told you this is the way I'm not raising my child. I'm raising my child this way. She's not going to be addicted to these things. She's not, you know, what was I doing? I was projecting, right? Like, I, I may be this way, but I'm going to save her life. And then at some point, I stopped trying to save her life. What was going on there? Oh, okay, well, you can't have all these candies and things, but you can have pizza and this and that because that's food. Oh my gosh, you can have macaroni and cheese because that's food. You can have, you know, uh, uh, two scoops, three scoops of Spanish rice because that's food. You know, if you if you make a keto pizza, if you make a pizza made out of fathead dough, if you make a pizza made out of a miracle dough or whatever dough, amazing dough, whatever, then you're looking at a, a, a something that is not a fully processed or highly refined, fully processed product in which you can feed your child and your family with pride and be glad and say, okay, we're all right. This is a, something that we enjoy and it's something that we can eat and it's awesome. You know, you can make your cauliflower pizza crust. You can make your chicken chicken crust pizzas. You can make your, you know, just straight out cheese, uh, uh, cheese if that's what you choose to do. Of course, it won't hold very well, but you can do it. If you're, you know, I mean, of course, all of these are said in the in light of you not being sensitive to any of these things, but that's not what I knew. I didn't know about those things. I didn't know about those things at all. Oh, what? What what alternative food sources? What what do you mean alternative food sources? They were real food. <laughs> real food sources considered alternative food sources because what we consider as normal is actually quite abnormal and what we consider alternative is actually natural and real food. What a shame. What a shame. But in any case, I can go on and on and on, but this is true confessions of a diabetic. I'm not perfect. And so I'm going to have to leave it there because I want to move on to uh, next week's podcast where, like I said, the face of the podcast is going to change a bit. And I'm really looking forward to um, bringing it to you. I've been doing a lot of research and things, so it might be a little bit brainiac as as I used to do um, at the very beginning when I first started my integrative health practitioning uh, education. But I think it's so worth it, y'all. It is so worth it. So I really want you all to stay tuned. Stick with me. Share this with somebody who feels like they're just like the worst person in the world and they never get by. And just let them know, hey, look, if she can do it, you can do it. And even if she can't do it, you can still do it. Because with God, all things are possible. And you don't have to rely on anybody else but the but the power of Christ to get you through. Whew. Now, that was part of uh, Health 101, Health Coaching 101. <laughs> you know I throw that in there sometimes. And it's not even it's not even like I pre-plan these things. They just come out because that's who I am. That's all of me. I'm giving you all of me. Envision whole health. And health is not just the the outer body. And it's not only your organs, but it's also your mind. And it's your soul. And those things are very important. And you can't take them for granted. And you shouldn't. So... Thank you so much for joining me here at Type 2 Take 2. Stick around. uh, Join the ride. 
and share, share, share. Let people know that they're not alone. Love y'all, and you'll hear from me next week. But I hope that I hear from you sooner. Bye. Thank you very much for joining us here at Type 2 Take 2 Diabetes and Health Podcast. We do want to remind you that we are not doctors and we do not play them on TV. So if you have a question that is medically grounded, please contact your provider so that way they can give you the best information that they have. However, if you have any questions concerning your health or how to get to the root cause of your problem, feel free to message us and we'll be glad to assist you on your journey to a brighter and happier, healthy life. Once again, we are not doctors. We cannot treat, we cannot diagnose, and we certainly cannot cure. But we can surely help you get to where you want to be healthfully. Thanks for joining us. Have a wonderful day. 